Letter thirty of a lady's life on a farm in Manitoba by Mrs. Cecil B. Hall. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Mountain Bat's Nest, Imogene Basin, August twenty seventh. This is a glorious region, and we send you the enclosed sketch to show our picture of comfort and perfection. I assure you, nightly as we sit down to our evening repast, or later round our wood fire in our parlor, we congratulate each other, and fancy we would not change places with the highest of the land, the air and life are so intoxicating. After twenty-four hours in Ure we came up here, sending the darky Henry and our luggage on before us in a wagon. We have brought nothing but the bare necessities of life. All our heavy boxes are gone to Chicago to await our return, being warned to bring as little as possible, on account of the difficulties of transport in the mountains, also of only being allowed fifty pounds weight on the coach, every extra pound charged ten cents. We ourselves rode up here, arriving about six o'clock, and found poor Henry waiting outside, not having been able to get into the cabin, the door-key being carefully in Mr. W.'s pocket. But, as everything is always left in order, it didn't take us long to make ourselves comfortable, and as at sunset the cold had been piercing, a fire soon lit was very acceptable. This cabin is quite unique. It consists of two rooms on each side of the front door, with a tiny passage used as larder, wood-hole, saddle-room, etc. Our room is our bed and drawing-room combined, which is hung all round with every imaginable skin, wolf, skunks, lynx, and etc., stuffed animals and birds, guns and traps, to say nothing of shelves covered with different specimens of ore taken out of the adjoining mines. It was quite creepy, the first night, having to sleep with a bear's head at the foot of our bed, with a stuffed fox just over our head, which has the most awful squint, and is the first object that catches the eye on awakening, and a dried root, the fibres of which so much resemble a man's beard that it looks horridly like a scalp. The hay-mattress on our bed has to be shaped into grooves for our poor bones to rest comfortably. In the daytime it is covered up with skins, and then is called the lounge. Our washing-stand is primitive, a box standing on end, in which our tin basin and cans are concealed, so that we consider our parlour quite correct. Our other room is the kitchen, and fitted up with four bunks against the wall, which Mr. W. and Henry occupy. We breakfast and dine out of doors, at a table placed just outside the cabin, and on the only bit of flat ground we have near, as we are situated on the slope of a mountain, and a most beautiful stream of cold water runs about forty feet below us, with the clearest and coldest of water. One of our first occupations in the morning is to take the animals down to water, and afterwards to picket them in amongst the long grass, growing in great profusion and height during the short summer, on all the foothills and wherever there is an open space. The first afternoon we were up here we went for a ride around Imogen Basin, and were delighted with the wild flowers which are quite innumerable, columbine, phylloxes, blue gentian, dandelions, harebells, vetches, and fifty other species. E. picked a good many, and hopes to draw them for the benefit of you all at home. The flowers shoot up almost before the snow is melted, and make the most of their short existence, which lasts about two months and a half. We tasted the bearberry, which grows as a bush, and has a round brown berry, quite bitter, but, as the name shows, is much appreciated by the bears, who come any distance to get it. End of letter 30. Read by Sibella Denton.
All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.